This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, do me a huge, a monumental favor. Hit subscribe at our brand new YouTube channel. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, free and available on every platform you can imagine, Apple, Spotify. Google, the brand new Odyssey app, please, we would sincerely appreciate it. Now, for today's episode, the first in our Southwest Division preview series, joining us is the host of Locked on Grizzlies, the walking encyclopedia of Tennessee sports knowledge, the most wholesome man on the entire Locked on podcast network, one Sean Coleman. How's it going, Sean? Doing all right. Native Houstonian. I, I like that introduction. There's a lot of regalness. Like, is it, I don't even know if that's a word, but it's got that type of royalty regal to it. So I like it. And by the way, hell of a job on the introduction. I appreciate that. Jackson, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here, Sean. I, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, when I was setting up this, you know, Southwest Division, Division preview series, I thought, okay, who's the first guy that I got to pull on? And, and I, it could be none other than one Sean Coleman. And so I want to, I want to go ahead and just dive headfirst into this. And basically, I kind of want to revisit a little bit the end of the Grizzlies season, this past season, what what moves they've made this this off season, how they've retooled, revamped, and what your expectations are, kind of going into this next season for the Grizzlies, as well as. We're also going to get some of your thoughts on how the Rockets have retooled and kind of reshaped themselves in the post-James Harden era. So where I want to kind of start first is the Grizzlies season, right? They, they battled through the play-in tournament, and they had that first win against the Utah Jazz, and then unfortunately, gentlemen sweep, lost four straight. Ultimately, with the Grizzlies this past season, did they perform above at or kind of below your expectations coming into this past campaign? Oh, absolutely above. And and the thing about it is this, is that the way that it happened also added to the excitement of how their season in general went. You know, through April, um, you know, halfway through April, basically, you know, you get to the start of April, the Grizzlies, you know, they're kind of in that playoff mix. They're playing 500 basketball. They dealt with a lot of injuries. You did not, Jaron was out for much longer than you anticipated. You didn't get the, any encouraging signs from Justice Winslow. And obviously, John Morant was not playing to the level many had hoped he would his sophomore season. And then, boom, just first half of April, we are playing like the best team in the NBA, Jackson. The last month, yo, fatigue set in. We struggled a bit, but we end the season with the play-in tournament, get past the Spurs, and then absolutely have a monumental performance. The big, the best performance we've had on our biggest stage we've been on in four years against the Warriors. And then what you expected to happen, happened against the Jazz. But the great encouraging efforts – from players like Kyle Anderson, who was rightfully in the most improved conversation last year, and how well 
Dylan Brooks, as well as John Morant ended the season. Those were plenty of takeaways to take from last season. The Grizzlies once again exceeding expectations. Last year was an absolute success, even though we didn't get to see a truly healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. So with that being said, and with with the the exit the way that it happened for the Grizzlies, you know, performing above expectations for this past season, what was the biggest question or or potentially maybe even a pair of questions or help could be a trio of questions going into the offseason for you regarding this young Grizzlies team? Well, the biggest question was this, was that you had career years from Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas as the main reasons why the Grizzlies exceeded expectations last year. You had certainly some encouraging years from Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton, but the guys that you came into last season looking as being the second and third building block for the future and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark, they obviously did not contribute to the level that you had hoped last year. Justice Winslow, who our team had hoped would be a part of our future core, he no longer appeared to be that way. So though the the veterans on our team certainly did well, the future parts of our team, it kind of became uncertain because many of the clear parts of our future going into last season that we had in Clark Winslow and Jaron Jackson Jr., they didn't perform to the level that you had hoped to. So coming into this offseason, health was on everybody's side, but what would those three players do going into next season? We now know Justice Winslow has moved on. A big question mark going into the next season is can Jaron Jackson Jr. and Clark get back on track with their progression? We're going to dive into what moves the Grizzlies have made this offseason and where they've retooled, where they've moved on from some guys. And we're going to get there in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Direct TV. Because look, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game. You've got another where you're going to stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And then you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff that you're missing out on. Well, let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. And that's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, chatting with Locked on Grizzlies host Sean Coleman, who you can find on Twitter at StatsSAC. Sean, is SAC happen to be your 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 initials? Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. It's Sean Austin Coleman. You should know the name if you are a Houston fan. It's going to be a legendary name with how much Jackson Gatlin loves me. So Sean Austin Coleman, that's the SAC. I love it. I love it. I love that we're breaking out the middle names here. For what it's worth, I've got the T in the middle of my name. Can you guess what that stands for? Timothy. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> no, it's not Timothy. Tyler. <laughs> All right. Take so off. She's a, she's a famous recording artist. She's a famous singer-songwriter. Taylor? 
There we go. Justin, Justin. Okay, we'll we'll talk about your musical preferences or lack thereof <laughs> another time. Anyways, all right. Let's let's continue rolling along here. So so Sean, we're looking at the the Grizzlies off season, and they've they've added some guys, they've moved some guys, and I think the biggest one is obviously the decision to move on from one Jonas Valanciunas. Um, that was a move that you know, frankly, I thought. Valanciunas played so well for the Grizzlies that I was kind of shocked they moved on from him. Obviously, his age does not quite line up with the younger Grizzlies, you know, movement. It doesn't match the timeline of, say, a John Morant or the rest of the young core. But I just thought he was such a big part of what they were able to accomplish last season that I was a bit shocked by that move. How did you feel about that when that move came about and where, where are you sitting with it right now? I'm actually fine with it, and I've been fine with it since the time that it happened. The reason why is this, is that you could certainly make an argument, Jonas Valanciunas for stretches last year was our best player. But the thing about it is this, Jackson, is that with Jonas Valanciunas as your best player, when you get in high leverage in playoff situations, that is not correlate well with you being able to win. Because with the Grizzlies, they were very good at, in the, at producing in the paint, very good at getting extra positions through offensive rebounds and second chance points. But areas where we struggled are shooting the three. We have to get better at doing that. Now with the safety valve of Jonas Valanciunas being moved on from, this Grizzlies team is betting on its young core to hopefully become more balanced at finding high percentage looks from three to balance out the fact that it will still be able to produce in the paint. The other big reason is that you saw last year some of these sitters, Stephen Adams, who we acquired, he is making $17.5 million per year. Capella just got $23 million for, for two more years, two years from now. So you're looking at Jonas possibly being 18 to $20 million per after this next season since he was an expiring contract. It just didn't make sense for the Grizzlies. So they took the present value of his career year, got some good value for the future, and moved on from him. I was perfectly fine with it, and I think it's a good move for this Grizzlies team to evolve as they need to in the near future. And then as a part of, you know, kind of this this whole trade package and the the finagling of picks between Memphis and the New, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Zaire Williams being taken 10th overall. That was, to me, a bit of a reach, honestly. When I first saw that pick, I didn't have uh, Williams that high. Um, he was a guy that I was definitely interested in, the Rockets, you know, taking a look at. But then when I saw his name get called that high in the draft, basically, you know, a, a top 10 pick. Um, I was a bit taken aback. Where were you at with the Williams pick? And what did what have you seen out of him in summer league? And how are you feeling about it right now? Well, it, the reason why it, it, it is a bit of a reach is because you just don't have the same level, that same four level of certainty that you felt you had with other picks, especially with the fact that Moses Moody and James Boatnight were on the clock. I thought the Grizzlies would go those with one of those two options. I would have been perfectly fine with either. But the reason why I'm okay with the Zaire Williams pick is that, yes, there is more risk with him than a lot of other picks that were picked in the top 15, 16, 17 picks. But in terms of what the Grizzlies needed, Jackson, a big wing with significant upside plus a two-way wing that has shot creation potential at where he was picked at number 10, there was not a better fit in terms of his upside than the Zaire Williams. And the Grizzlies know it's going to be a multi-year commitment, but they've also shown they're one of the 
better development systems in the league now over the past few years. So they're betting on themselves and they're doing it with the guy who from a roster and skill set standpoint can really help balance out the roster to support John and Jaron going forward. So would it have been the pick I made? Would, would I have made the pick? Probably not, but I certainly can make sense of it. And the Grizzlies have bought themselves some wiggle room to take a chance that could pay off huge dividends in the future. Where things stand right now, as we are recording this episode, early September, there's still uh, room for moves to be made before the season starts, unfortunately, and that's just kind of how things go. Knowing us, we're going to finish recording this episode and there'll be a, a, you know, a Woj, Woj bomb or Shams nuke, whatever it is, like right after we finish recording and the Grizzlies and Rockets will have traded 17 players between each other. Um, but that being said, Sean... Where do things stand as far as, is there anybody sitting on the trade block currently? Uh, any potential moves that you might see on the horizon? Somebody who's kind of on their way out. Uh, where are things looking right now with the current uh, Grizzlies roster? So, of course, with Jonas Valanciunas being moved, as well as Grayson Allen being moved, the reason why the Grizzlies moved both those guys is because they had sensible routes that they could go to replace them in the rotation while gaining future value. Another guy who's been on the trade block potentially is Tyus Jones. The reason why you've not seen him traded yet is because the Grizzlies know that when John Morant's off the court, they've got to have someone they can rely on to be a point guard. They just acquired Chris Dunn from the Boston Celtics. Could he be a guy to replace... Tyus Jones, probably not. But if you go through a good part of this season and you see several young guys improve their playmaking, Tyus Jones could be somebody that's on the block. There were some rumors out there. Don't know how real they were. Um, it seems like there was some skepticism around them. I do feel there has been some interest in both Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks this, this offseason. I don't think the Grizzlies have moved on from them because of how important wing talent is going to be to support John Jaron this year and beyond. So I would think Tyus Jones may be the guy who probably may makes the most sense, especially around the trade deadline, to be moved on from. Besides him, unless it's for an upgrade that just makes sense, I don't think you're going to see any other major moves from the Grizzlies besides trimming down their roster to the 15 guaranteed contracts they need for the season. I don't know how it's taken so long for me to get directly to a John Morant-related question as we are about 15 minutes into the show now, but you kind of mentioned, you know, Jaw kind of not performing up to the expectations of his sophomore year. So I, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, where he's at right now, what you didn't see enough out of him this past season and the areas that you're looking for him to improve upon going into his, his third campaign now in the NBA. Yeah. And the thing that I'll say is this, is that I don't, when I say that John Morant was disappointing in his second year, I think the biggest reason why was because there wasn't a full campaign of him taking a clear step from his rookie year that many had hoped for. The way Jaw ended the season was about as ideal as you could see it done. Setting a Grizzlies franchise record for the most points in a single game in game two of the series against the Jazz. Obviously the two areas you really want to see him take an improvement in, a step in, is his shooting. But over the last month and a half of the season, shot 37% from three. If he can step up his production, five threes a game, shooting 35% or so from three, that will be a big step forward. Averaging 20 points, eight assists a night, I certainly think is in the realm of possibility for him next year. And if he starts to do that, Jackson, I already think where he is, 
He's a he's an eventual multi-time all-star. But if he this year can take a step with the three-point shooting with his playmaking, now you're getting into the conversation of a guy who eventually could have multiple-time all-NBA appearances and maybe even one or two MVP runs. That certainly is a ceiling that's still on the table. It's going to be big to see whether or not the shooting will be there all season like it was in the second half of last year. Coming up, want to get into Sean's expectations for the Grizzlies this upcoming season, things like roster predictions, lineups, rotations, all that stuff. And we'll get there in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, if you've never had a protein bar that you actually like have enjoyed and cared about, you've got to check out Built Bar. Every single bar on their menu, low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great if you're on a keto diet. And the flavors, it doesn't even sound like I'm, look, let me read off some of these flavors. Raspberry, salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate, Chocolate. Can't go wrong with a single one of those flavors. It doesn't even sound like we're talking about protein bars. It sounds like we're talking about luxurious desserts in some famous dessert gallery somewhere. Again, every bar is going to be jam-packed with protein. The best part about these bars, they're not gritty or chalky like other protein bars on the market. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And you can check them out. Just go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's Built.com. And use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your very next order. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag because it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start both professional and collegiate football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the news, odds, and info that you could ever imagine. They've also still got you covered for MLB. We got NBA right around the corner. They've got you for UFC, MMA, you name it. They have it over at BetOnline. So head over there and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Sean, let's, with, with the Grizzlies and with the with kind of where things are lining up for this season, let's start with, I want to start with first the starting lineup. So give me your, your projected starting lineup. And then from there, I want to dive into kind of your, your projected rotation for the Grizzlies this season. Yeah, uh, so I think it's going to be jaw. Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, and Steven Adams. Uh, the reason why I think more than anything it's going to be that, you've got your most certainty with that, your, your veteran players, obviously with your two franchise cornerstones. Um, I think that will probably be the starting lineup. I think it'll be more of a positive than a negative if that starting lineup eventually changes where you have someone taking over for Adams as the season goes along. But Ja, Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, and Steven Adams, I believe are going to be your starting lineup as of right now. Okay. And then, so with that, with that being the starting five, who are your key contributors to be on the lookout for off the bench? Kind of your projected, we'll say eight or nine man rotation, give or take. Yeah, I think the Grizzlies have one of the best second lineups that you can throw out there in the entire league. Like, as a matter of fact, I've gone on record already to say, I think the Grizzlies are one of the better best bets to be the best bench in the NBA. Tyus, DeAnthony Melton, Dylan, or Dylan, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark. I mean, it, you've got... A lot of talent, a lot of versatility, but the big key there with me that uh, DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain showed last year, you've got good offensive production, but you also arguably have the best defensive bitch in the NBA 
for the Grizzlies. So a big, big thing for the Grizzlies this year is will their bench be a top unit? If they are, that's a big boost to our ability to have a winning record and make the playoffs. So I think you're going to see Tyus, Melton, Bain, Tillman, and Clark be the five main guys to complete a 10-man rotation uh, that Taylor Jenkins showed favor towards last year. Former Houston Rockets legend D'Anthony Melton. Uh, Got to acknowledge and, and respect his presence here on this podcast. But uh, Sean, you talked about you know the idea of potentially moving Stephen Adams away from a starting role to you know conceivably a bench role. Who would be the the person you're looking at taking the fifth starting spot if you if the if Taylor Jenkins was to move Adams into a reserve role? You, of course, theoretically would love to see if you're going to go with the more traditional route, so a Tillman or a Brandon Clark, really take a significant step to where they basically just force themselves into that starting lineup. But Jackson, I'll tell you this, especially in closing and high leverage situations against more talented teams, um, the lineup that I want to see is Jaw, Melton, Dylan Kyle, and Jaron Jackson Jr. You've got the best combination of defensive upside along with shooting to support Jaw, a team that absolutely absolutely can be opportunistic on defense, create a bunch of turn, get on run in transition where the Grizzlies also excel. That's how you can find your high percentage two-point looks, get the possession advantage, you know, when, those, when that lineup's playing, plus have some good shooting around jaw. My ideal situation would be Stephen Adams transitioning to the bench, DeAnthony Melton getting in a featured role, especially in a starting lineup or closing lineup next to jaw in the backcourt. You know, Sean, when I was on Locked on NBA with my co-host Matt Moore, I said I was holding on the Grizzlies this season. After this conversation with you, I'm feeling a little bit more positive about, about the Grizzlies' chance of the season. Where are you at, and what are the expectations that you have as far as this season goes? Maybe give me kind of your like middle-of-the-road thoughts, you know, middle-of-the-road expectation, and then your best-case scenario for this season, or at least your, your topped-out level expectation. Middle of the road expectations are slightly under 500. Like we're talking about maybe 38 and 44, 39 and 43, somewhere around there. Uh, that comes from injuries potentially working themselves into the equation again. What if John or Jaron uh, were to take the step that you would hope they would, or only one of them do? Uh, what if you don't get the progress or you see a bit of regression from some of the guys that you know, succeeded last year. You've got three guys, Dylan Melton and Kyle, you're hoping can sustain what they did last year. And then you have bounce back candidates and Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and Jaron Jackson Jr. If a lot of those questions don't go the way the Grizzlies want for them to, you're looking at a team that probably is going to be in that ninth or 10th spot, slightly below 500 this year. But the best case scenario, Jackson, in my opinion, of course you want it to be Jaw and Jaron taking the next step. But collectively for the Grizzlies, Two key areas that I'm really looking at for this team. Number one, them once again being a top 10 defense, mainly because they're at the top of the league enforcing turnovers next, next season, and also them having a top five bench. If both those things are true about this Grizzlies roster this season, I really do think for the third, third straight year, they have a good chance of exceeding expectations and once again having a winning record. All right. Now, Sean, I said we were going to get here just a little bit, and for my Rockets fans and listeners who are now who have held through this entire Grizzly discussion, first off, I hope you've enjoyed the Grizzly discussion because Sean is, you know, one of the smartest minds in basketball and one of the best hosts on this network. Uh, he's you. incredibly knowledgeable, and I've enjoyed this conversation, uh, getting up to speed on everything going on uh, in Memphis. 
Sean, we talked before we hit the record button about the Rockets having a very stellar draft. You come away, you know, if you're Houston with four really exciting prospects in Jalen Green, Alper and Shingun, Usman Garuba, and Josh Christopher. Give me your give me your takeaway on on how the Rockets did as far as their draft goes, and and from from a guy who's covering a team that was you know largely until you know picking up John Morant, picking up Triple J, kind of not so recently in kind of an area a similar area as the Rockets, right? The end of one era of really competitive basketball play with championship aspirations, and then kind of going through the rebuilding process, and now being on the other side of things on the rise again. Yeah, the reason why I've been so impressed by the Rockets, especially with this draft is you've got a layered core in Houston that it took the Grizzlies a little over two years to put together. The Rockets have been able to do it over the past 10 months. It started, obviously, with signing Christian Wood, getting Kevin Porter Jr. in a trade, and now, obviously, the development of Jay Sean Tate, who, by the way, was a wonderful guest on this show just a bit ago. Wonderful, wonderful show that you put together. But all, all that aside, it's the fact that now with this draft, you've now got potentially your star to go along with Christian Wood in Jalen Green, and then the supporting cast. That's a balanced supporting cast. Shingen as being an offensive upside big, Garuba potentially being a leader for a defense, and then, of course, Josh Christopher, who could be a two-way dynamo, at least off the bench early in his career. You've got the layered parts that you've put together for a young, deep team with significant upside, Jackson, over the next several years that you all have under control. And Kevin Porter, obviously, there's a wide variety of avenues his career could take. You have to be excited. But with him and Wood and Jalen Green kind of leading the offense, and then you've got the complementary pieces with Christopher Garuba as well as Shingen and Tate, it's just a young, deep roster that has good way, two-way ability, and you have so many different high upside options there that one, even if one doesn't develop, you could have one or two others that may develop more than you expected them to. So, so much upside on both ends of the ball. But the big thing for me is, is that you're not just talking about like a San Antonio Spurs situation where you've got a bunch of complimentary pieces. You've got your studs and then your supporting cast. And the Rockets have done such a wonderful job of getting all that together over the past 10 months. Sean, can we both just sit here and agree that uh, the Rockets and Grizzlies have the most exciting futures in the Southwest Division? I can't agree with that. Neither one of them have Luka. <laughs> oh, man. Neither. I thought I was going to be able to bait you into that. No, okay, no, well. no, no, no. I will say this, though. I will say that the Southwest has the most exciting upside with Zion in New Orleans, what Houston is doing, Luca, and, of course, John Memphis. And the other exciting part of it is this is regionally. You've got Trey in Atlanta. You've got Jalen Suggs now in Orlando. You've got LaMelo in Charlotte. I know they're all in the East. But if you want a region of the country where basketball is king, it's here now. I know this is football country, but in the NBA, all of these teams have a young stud leading their team. But, yeah, the Southwest Division is awesome. But at the end of the day, with how awesome Luca has been, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and say that the team that has Luca doesn't have the best future, but I think the Grizzlies, Rockets, the Grizzlies and Rockets are at least are right there to compete with the Mavs for years to come. Southwest Division, South Best Division. Am I right, Sean? That that would be a good way to say it. Now, the only thing is, is Houston may have a future to look forward to when it comes against the Grizzlies in basketball. But if I would do on the right side, your Texans. I don't we know don't, if they're going to be able to compete we, with this team. We don't, I don't talk think they're going to be able to. on this podcast. We don't do it here. Nope. That, yeah, that's, so, that's as good a sign as any. According to the online, bet on the Titans for the next two years in the AFC South. I'm kidding. 
not really. The Titans are the best team in the AFC South, but at least you have the Southwest Division to look forward to for years to come. Absolutely. Sean, always a pleasure to be able to talk basketball with you. Why don't you let everybody know where to track you down at? Yeah, you can find uh, the Locked On Grizzlies at Locked On Grizz. Uh, you can uh, find myself at Stats SAC. Uh, me and Jackson have gotten to know each other a bit through, you know, obviously being Locked On host now for a few years, but also Spotify Green Room. I'll tell you this, I've had some interactions with Houston fans, very passionate, very knowledgeable fan face. You're absolutely beyond the world lucky to have Jackson as one of the main, if not the best mind, when it comes to covering the Rockets. So you can check me out at Stats SAC. Check the show out at Locked On Grizz. And while there's always a rivalry, there's nothing but a friendship between me and Jackson. It's always a pleasure to be with you, man. Thanks again for taking the time to come on the show, Sean. My pleasure. All right, that's going to do it for our Southwest Division crossover with Sean Coleman. Hopefully you enjoyed the show and all things Grizzlies. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.